I was made for this. Amen? I was made and created by the Lord to look by faith and to see by faith and determine that the struggles of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to heaven. (laughs) I don't know about you, but this life is pretty good at times. But I want you to know it compares nothing to what heaven will be. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it will take place. So as believers looking to their Lord, we declare God's glory. Amen. And we say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. Somebody stand and say that this morning. How holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Boy, I'm in, in prayer also with, with my dear friend, Leroy Goodman. Leroy has a, is a precious part of this church. And uh, Leroy usually sits right back there in the back next to the balcony. He's, real, he's a very quiet, uh, precious young man, uh, older man. And uh, I just love Leroy. Uh, years ago... Uh, Leroy played, who's ever heard of Guitar Picket? Anybody raise your hand if you've heard of Guitar Picket. <laughs> well, Guitar Picket was a national, really, he was a national uh, artist, vocal artist from Camden. And, and he wrote some songs. And uh, Leroy was like his lead guitarist. And for years, Leroy traveled the national circuit playing that his guitar for the Lord. Well, Leroy's, I've been trying to talk him and doing that for about five years here. And he, he says, I'm just too old. Well, I don't believe that. But last night, after a prayer meeting, my heart was broken. I went into Brookshire's and there was Leroy, which was unusual because you don't usually see him out. But they're in Brookshire's, and he came over, and he said, he said, Brother Jerry, he said, my son has just died. And my heart was broke with Leroy. Because I knew he was the daddy that was so full of love. I want you to take a moment and pray for Leroy, would you? He normally sits right back at the back, would you? His name is Leroy Goodman, and would you just ask God this morning to touch his life in a special way and give him a strength and a grace that only God can bring him. Lord, help him. My dear friend, Lord, help him. Strengthen him. Undergird him, Lord. Lord, he has stood and prayed for so many of us in so many situations. I ask you that you would touch Leroy and his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Uh, Our ushers are coming. They're going to come on to the front, and they have within their hand. This is a devotional. It's a devotional that goes along with what the Lord is leading us as a church and the direction that we're moving toward. And so what I want to ask you to do is get in this devotion. This is a seven-day devotional. Every week I'm going to be offering you out another seven days. 
And uh, it also, and we're also asking you that have a real heart for God, and you can sense that this is a special season in the Lord. Maybe it's a special season that God wants to do something in your life particularly, or maybe it's a special season that you can feel that God wants to do something in the ministry you're involved with, or maybe you sense a special season for the church. And it is a special season because I tell you what, Pine Bluff is fixing to open its doors. Amen. And we're so excited about Pine Bluff victory, man. We're just so excited about that church and, and what God has done there. But if you can sense that, I'm going to ask you to join me. There's going to be 21 days of these devotionals. And during that process, I'm asking as many as can, with, can, can to join me in a fast. I'm going to ask not only to participate in the devotion, but join with me in a fast. And somebody says, well, you know, I, I can't fast. And somebody says, I can. So, but I'm asking you just follow the Lord on it. If, the, if you have a desire to fast, God will empower you and help you to fast in that way that will please Him. And down through the years, we've had odd, different fasts. I, we've had people that's even part of this church that fasted for 50 days. I mean, can you believe that? And then we've had people that would fast Cokes. You know what my first fast was in my life? Dr. Peppers. I, I can, boy, that was a hard one for me, man. I can remember as a, as a young man, man, Lord put on my heart to fast. I said, God, what can I fast? And then he said, well, what do you love? I said, well, what I love? Dr. Peppers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I hope I've matured a little bit more than that. And I, hope, I hope today if he asked me what I loved, it'd be more than Dr. Peppers, all right? So if you would choose out something that you can give up for the Lord for these 21 days. And if you will, join us in our devotions. So our ushers are here and they have uh, these devotions. If you can join us in this devotion, just raise your hand up as the ushers walk by. And they're going to make sure that you're going to get one. It's in the heart of where God is carrying us. Because the Lord has dealt with our hearts that He wanted to empower us at this time by His Holy Spirit. And so our hearts are digging in, man. We're, we're digging into the Holy Spirit and, and digging into what the Holy Spirit can do. Now, let me tell you uh, something about the Holy Spirit. Some of you say, well, you know, I don't know anything about it. You really do. <laughs> you really do. If, if you have a love for the Lord in your heart, did you know everything that has ever been anything good inspired in your life came by way of the Holy Spirit? You have never had an original good thought. Every good thought, every good thing, every good gift, every good help, every answer to prayer, it has all come by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, what he, when Jesus came and died, part of what he had to do was to confine, confine himself to a body. And that body is now up in heaven on the right hand of the Father. And Jesus is Lord. Amen. And that's one. But why Jesus, that's why he said, it's expedient for me to go away because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And so the Holy Spirit is what reveals God to us. And that's why every, when you hear something about Jesus or, or when you think a good thought about the Lord or you understand a Bible scripture or you have a desire for the Bible, that's all come by way of the Holy Spirit.
The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We've got the Father, you have the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's here doing everything that Jesus wants to do for you and would do if He was standing right beside you. So the Holy Spirit, is. that's why Jesus said, the Holy Spirit here, He glorifies me. Everything that Jesus wants to do in your life, every help, every encouragement, every strength, everything that Jesus wants to do for you, if He was standing right there beside you, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So you know so much more about the Holy Spirit than you may think you do. Because the Holy Spirit has been the one that's been parting God to you. Remember, the Holy Spirit was one that was drawing you to the Lord, and He's the one that's empowering you to live for. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, I want to first mention just a little background to you that there's, there's three wonderful dimensions of the Holy Spirit that God offers to us, that we're offered to by the Holy Spirit, and we can participate. And I pray that we can participate with all three dimensions. But there's three major dimensions. Now, I certainly can't say that this is all because, man, the Holy Spirit is so varied and so wonderful and so great. You know, for me to try to explain to someone about the Holy Spirit that's never thought about it, you know what it's like? It's like this little Indian boy that finally saw the ocean for the very first time. And that little Indian boy, when he saw the ocean, he went and found him a little bottle. And he went and he filled up that little bottle with that ocean water. Someone asked that little Indian, they said, why in the world are you putting the ocean in there? He said, because I want everybody, when I get back to my tribe, I want them to experience the ocean too. That's what we do when we're trying to tell about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just so big, so wonderful, so mighty. I mean, we're, all we can offer people is a little bottle. And you know, the little bottle of water compared to the ocean is like nothing. And so that's all that we are able to offer. So, but we do that in, in, uh, uh, in uh, connection with what the Holy Spirit has done in our lives. So there's three major divisions. Now, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 9, I want you to look at that just for a quick moment. Maybe you can either pull out your page Bible or you can turn on your electronic device or you can look at the screen. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, But you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. Boy, I, don't you want to be able to say that? <laughs> I'm not in the flesh. You know, I, I, when I'm in the Spirit, I don't get in trouble. When I'm in the flesh, I get everybody in trouble. And so, they said, but you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So that means this, that if I'm saved today, if I've accepted Jesus in my life as my Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is in you. So we're going to take a season here to get to know the one that is so wonderful. I just want, you know, to, to glorify the Holy Spirit, you almost have to try to do it. Because the Holy Spirit is always making it easy for us to glorify Jesus. That's why your little hands, they just automatically kind of go up when you're in praise. And that's why when somebody mentions the name of Jesus, a big smile will come across. Because that's the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit. But I want to take just a moment and appreciate the Holy Spirit for who He is. Let's give the Holy Spirit a hand clap of praise and love and admiration and adoration. Lord, we thank You, precious Holy Spirit. We thank You that You have revealed Jesus to us. Amen. All right, now John chapter 14, verse 7. I said there's three dimensions that's offered to us of the Holy Spirit. There's certainly not uh, the gifting. There's the 70 miraculous things that come along, at least 70, that come along into our lives that's made available to us through the Holy Spirit being in us. But at the, at the same time, I want to talk about the three dimensions of, of the Holy Spirit. Even there says, in John chapter 14, verse 17, it said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees Him not. That's why the world can't receive God. They say, I've got to see it to believe it, you know. But I'll tell you what, we're believers. And we operate by faith. In fact, the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So our faith, we can believe before we see. We can believe simply by the promise or the Word of God. Amen? We can believe it. And the Bible says, if we believe it, we will be able to receive it. So it, it says here, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees Him not, and neither knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. Now, that's two divisions. That's two dimensions of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit there's this, there can be with me, but then there's another dimension of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit can be in me. Now, and then I'm going to, we're going to bring up one other dimension of the Holy Spirit. And says, uh, all right, now let me follow suit with this just a moment. That's John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, uh, this is what he says. He says, he dwells with you, but he shall be in you. There's going to come a future time. Now, in John 20, 22, as it progressed in time, as Jesus' ministry progressed, and what's happened here, Jesus has already been to the cross. He's been raised from the dead. He appears to his disciples. And as he appears to his disciples, they believe. They believe, yes, Lord, you're who you said you were. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, I love what it said. It said, by, by many infallible proofs, that Jesus proved who he was. Now, by many infallible proofs that God... So what that means, he absolutely proved it. He absolutely proved it who he was. Now, and then when he appears to them, and then he, Jesus, the Bible says, he breathed on them and he said, receive now the Holy Spirit. And so they were able to receive because they believed. So you can't have the Holy Spirit in you unless you believe. But if you will believe, the Holy Spirit comes in you. Isn't that wonderful part of the glory of the Lord? Now, that's two relationships that I'm allowed with the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit can be with me or in me. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit being with me is important also. Because what that means is, it was the Holy Spirit that drew me to God. The Holy Spirit is the one that went out into the world and found you. That went out into whatever you're going through. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit went out and dug you out of... He dug me out of a garbage dump. Anybody ever felt like that too? I mean, man, He walked into the stinkiest place, the ugliest place, the darkest place, and He found the dumbest thing He could find. And so, and that's why He chose me. He picked me up. Because He was with me. What that means is He was beside me. He was outside of me, drawing me to God. But then I can remember 
as I've been saying for three services now, I can remember that evening that I was watching Billy Graham on television. And as I was watching Billy Graham on television, Billy Graham was preaching their rocks, not our rock. I still don't really understand that scripture. (laughs) But there, as I just happened to walk by the television set when he was saying that, I knelt there and I asked Jesus into my life. And something miraculous. How many has something miraculous happened to you when you believed? Amen? So the Lord. So the Holy Spirit that had been with me, I remember him being with me. I, I can remember, I can remember feeling guilty about what I was doing. I can remember about having conviction. I remember I would be out doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And I can remember on my way home how bad I would get to feeling. Now, I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't around church very much. And so the things, I didn't understand spiritual things. But I can remember how the Holy Spirit with me. He kept standing there. I mean, I I would be involved in things that I would think that God wouldn't have anything to do with. And Lord and behold, the Holy Spirit was still there trying to draw me to Jesus. But on that night that I accepted the Lord, the Holy Spirit came in and I received new birth. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes in you, it's, it's unbelievable the miracles that occur. I mentioned to you early, there's at least 70 plus miracles that come into a person as they become, as the Holy Spirit's able to come in them. So, uh, so, but not only does the Lord offer us those two dimensions, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, He offers us another dimension. The Holy Spirit is with me because He's drawing me to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in me because He's building my relationship with Jesus. But then the Holy Spirit comes up on me because I need power to live for God. Now, I don't know about you, but... But I re- there was a season, a time in my life that I wasn't filled. The Bible terms Holy Spirit coming up on you, being filled with the Spirit. It also is the term baptism of the Holy Spirit. All three of those are talking about the very same thing. It's when a believer just has the desire to serve God, a witness for God, be involved for God. Live for God wants his life to be miraculous. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in you. Man, he just bursts this huge, wonderful desire for God. Man, I tell you what, that night that I knelt uh, in front of my television set and I received Jesus as my Savior, man, I changed that night. I want you to know, I became a new person. Man, I developed new desires immediately. It wasn't a learned experience with me. It was an experience that just happened in my life. Immediately, miraculous changes came in my life. I told you I wasn't raised in church. That next Sunday, guess where I was? I was in church. And guess where I've been ever since? In church. Because there, my life changed. The very thing I used, when I was a young man, I would visit, I would, I would frequent church. Somebody would ask me to go to church. And, and one of those people is a part of this church right now, Charles Strickland. I graduated high school at Charles Strickland. He's a part of this church. And, and when I graduated, Charles was that person that loved God. 
And man, Charles, they was him and Howard Tucker. They were constantly inviting me to church. Man, I'd see them, I would go in the other direction. Not because I didn't respect them. I didn't want to do it. There was no desire in me at that time to try to be a Christian or try to live for God. I didn't even know what the term meant. And so in the process of it, but that night that the Holy Spirit came in my life, when I believed, I became so brand new, the very thing I thought I hated, I began to love. <laughs> and the very thing that I loved, I began to hate. I began to hate that that was against God, and I began to love that that was with God. Amen? So a miracle happened in our life. And then in Acts chapter 1, 8, let's read that. But you shall receive. Now, this is later. Now, this is in the process of Jesus. One of the last things that he spoke before he left this earth to, uh, in, to heaven. He said, but ye will receive power. Now, notice he's already breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit in them. But now he said, that same Holy Spirit that's in you is able to fill you. When the, word, when the Word of God uses the word feel, it's quantity. Do you understand? It's saying quantity. They said that there is an amount. There's an amount of something. Something that I had received as a portion. Now the Bible says that I have the unction to be filled with it. And then the, the, also the word that's used there is the word baptized. It means submerged. That's what the word baptized being submerged. The very thing that I had just been waiting in, God says, I want to provide enough where you can be submerged in it for the glory of the Lord. So that's why in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said these words, But ye will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. Now, it's not in you and it's not with you. The word now is up on you. And ye will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and ye will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere. Amen. So God is empowering us. Now, in Luke chapter 24, I said that there was uh, these other terms that describe this same experience. They said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem, wait till you are endued with power from on high. So what the, what the Holy Spirit offers us is wonderful. He offers us to answer His heart cry as He's drawing us to God. Now, I want you to know, maybe maybe you've never crossed that line. Maybe you don't know whether you've crossed that line. But God is drawing you. And God's dealing with you. And He's convicting you. And God is causing you. And in fact, the, the word that the conviction does for the world, the Bible says He convicts. It's also the word convince. And so what the Holy Spirit does, He stays on you until He convinces you. Man, I can remember what it was to live a life when I wasn't convinced. But I can remember, even though I wasn't convinced, I can remember how dirty I felt. I can remember how unclean I felt. And at that point, it didn't have, I didn't think it had anything to do with God. I mean, it was just, it was just this uncleanness. That I would fail. But then the Holy Spirit continually convicted me until He convinced me. And then He convinced me to follow the Lord. Amen. So the three dimensions that we're offered is, is that, that we can have the Holy Spirit with us, certainly, as everybody in the world. 
or I can believe and receive and the Holy Spirit comes in me. And that's what we call the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We're indwelt of God. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. That's when we come to the Lord. Now later on, we're going to talk about that third phase. But today I'm going to close this service with talking about this one phase. And that is that the Holy Spirit comes in us. And the Holy Spirit comes in us to build my relationship with Jesus. The Bible said, Jesus said, he's going to teach you things I'm talking to you about. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to reveal truth into you. And that's what's happening in most of your lives, even right now. The Holy Spirit is working inside you. Hey, Jeremy, is this clock right? Okay. Okay. All right, let's go. All right. Um, it's time for me to close. So I said, we're going to stop. Lord, in Jesus' name. There's something about the making room for more of God in our life. I, I just mentioned to you about Holy Spirit coming in. But I, I need to just mention a, a line to you that you become a temple. You become the residence for the Holy Spirit. Now, by the word holy, God's looking for holy residences. Somebody says, Jerry, you know, man, I believe in the Lord, but my life has not advanced. I'm still the same old, (laughs) trying to do the old. I just have a love for God. I'm here to tell you that God has called us to prepare a sanctuary for His presence. And God has called us to build Him a sanctuary, a holy sanctuary. Because the Holy Spirit, the word holy, only goes into holy places. I mean, he builds a holy sanctuary. And that's what the Lord has so wonderfully and so preciously and so mightily has come to help us to prepare our sanctuaries for his holy presence. Now, the Lord has given to us marvelous tools. And Lord willing, next week, I hope we get into those. I meant through the day. But next Next week, I want, we're going to talk about spiritual tools that God has given to us to help prepare our sanctuaries for Him. The truth of the matter is, unless I gain the fear of God in my life, I'm not going to draw any more of the Holy Spirit in me. I must come to a place where I allow the the spirit of the fear of God to come in my life to build this as a holy sanctuary so that God will fill it's a place that's been made for Him you can't play with God and have the fullness of God you can't live like you want to and have the fullness of God in your life 
I'm not saying you won't go to heaven when you die, but you're going to have a rotten here and now for sure. Because God's intention is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, would come and help prepare this as a holy sanctuary for Himself. And He first does that through helping us develop the fear of God. Now, the fear of God is not, I'm afraid. No, that's not it. It's not that I'm afraid of God, that I'm afraid of what He's going to do to me. It's like the child that runs to his daddy's arms looking for the safety and the protection that's found there. So we have a choice in life. I can go ahead doing my own thing, doing it my way, and I'll always have just a teacup of God in my life. It'll never bring about the change. I won't be able to experience the glorious things that the Holy Spirit has always meant for me to experience. Or I can let the Lord develop a heart in me that fears God. You know what the title of this message was today? Don't fear, but fear. God's saying that to our lives. Don't be afraid. Fear me, reverence me. Unless we learn to reverence the Lord, reverence the Lord. Unless I learn to treat Him as the holy God as He is. Unless I learn that fear of God is the very beginning of my walk with Him. The Bible says it's the beginning of wisdom. I will never experience the fullness of the Spirit of God that God intended me. So what do I stop and ask myself? I stop and ask myself, what am I saying that the Lord doesn't want me to say? What am I doing that the Lord doesn't want me to do? What am I thinking that the Lord doesn't want me to think? Or what am I a part of that God doesn't want me a part of? Those are questions that people, when the Holy Spirit comes in them, they begin to ask themselves. What am I participating in that God doesn't want me in? And then a person that has the fear of God will begin to shun the things that are against God and cling to the things that God loves. You know, we won't be able to develop any relationship in our life just doing it our own way. If you're a man here today married to a wonderful woman, I guarantee you, unless you learn, it's not always your way. You're not going to have much of a life, honey. So we have to learn whatever pleases God is what I want. So I'm going to just stop it right here by asking you this. If you're here this morning and there's things in your life that you need to start. And the very first tool that we have is the, the tool of the blood of Jesus to forgive us for our sins and failures. If there's things in your life that you know that you're doing, saying, thinking, looking at, 
taken part of that you know is not God's will for you. I want you to stand right where you're seated at. And we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us. And we're going to ask the Lord to cleanse us. There's things going on in your life that you know. That you know this is not God's. And this is not the heart of God. Praise God. Now next Sunday, Lord, we're going to learn the tools that we can use. But this Sunday I just didn't get into that, did I? Lord, let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want the Holy Spirit. Lord, we want the Spirit of God to to be at home in our lives, Lord. We want the Spirit of God, Lord, to find a freedom in us. And we want the Spirit of God to be welcomed inside of us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we start by asking your forgiveness. As 1 John 1, 9 says, If I confess my sin, He's faithful and just to forgive me. So, Lord, I start and I simply ask your forgiveness. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for things that I've done, for things that I've said, for things that I've allowed myself to think about, or for things, Lord, that I've taken part in, or things that I've neglected, Lord, that I should not help. Lord, I was not preparing you the proper sanctuary. Because I am your temple, Lord. Lord, I don't want to live in a, cl- in a dirty house, and I know you don't. So I ask your help, Lord, in cleansing my life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into my life and, and burn out from me those things that displease God. That is stopping the move of God in my life. Lord, when other people are rejoicing, I'm just sitting there. And Lord, I don't want that. Lord, I want you to have your way inside of me. I want to yield my life to you, Lord. So I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come. And I ask your forgiveness, Lord, for my failure. In Jesus' name.